everyone, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. As always, I am Drew. As always, I am Jeff. And we are on the sixth episode of the first season of Blackadder, which in an American show would be just getting warmed up, but in a British show is the end of the season. Yes. Although I will say with Netflix and a lot of the online streaming right now, you have eight to 13 episode seasons, so it's uh, it's less so than it used to be, but it's certainly... Yeah. You know, I, I, unless you want to go to like, you know, Big Bang Theory and things like that on network TV, in which case, yeah, you've got 23 episodes. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess things are coming back around to that way of, of going. And, you know, I, I'm not complaining. I would actually rather have six amazing episodes than 23 where you have to wade through a lot of junk to get to the good ones. Yep. So, yeah, not complaining at all. But here we are at the end. Um, so what we're going to do for this and the subsequent seasons is we're going to keep the pre-show discussion to a minimum and we are going to get right into the episode and watching that. And afterwards we'll discuss that and the rest of the season. So, uh, if you are ready to watch Blackadder along with us on DVD or on some streaming thing or whatever, uh, then you are good to go. And if you're not, then you should get ready. Uh, and that includes me because I don't know what's happened to my uh, window. But hey, we'll get it back in just a minute. Jeff, are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm born ready. <laughs> good. That's good to know. All right, everyone. Uh, we're going to get into the episode. I'm going to say three, two, one, play, and then we will all hit play, and then we'll watch Blackadder. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Ooh. This is PG. Uh, all the scenes from the previous episodes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> orc, orc, orc. Charming. <laughs> I like that beat. Who knew there was a drum and bugle chord? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's a lot of jobs. Groom of the second, groom of the second fourth front. He's got a Macarena up there. He certainly is a cheerful king. Mm. Liking those antlers. I just hope they have very big doors. Okay, the director's having a lot of fun with the cameras. <laughs> yes. Seems a little closer to the Edmund we know. Yes. <laughs> you're right he is much more like the Edmund we're about to see I can't remember why he fired Percy and Baldrick though this is going to be interesting I don't remember this episode very well at all
I will say the instrumentation is also very different than later series. All the organ usage. Mm. <laughs> he looks like one of the Morbius doctors. That sting sounded like um, Red Dwarf. Second one sounded like Robbie Coltrane a little bit, but I don't think it was. Maybe. <laughs> feel like this is a section of the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> you feel like what? I feel like this is a section of Canterbury Tales. It just feels yeah. that way. Darling Fascist Billy Boy Jack. <laughs> hmm. 
too. <laughs> Walking down your street. <laughs> I love the minor theme here. Ah, uh, management is hard. The Irish bastard was in a skit in Young Ones. The ship's cooking and concubine funny. one. Ah, yes. And that's funny as we'll mention what else he's done after this episode. I'm going to blunt that sword, dude. Is his hat taller?
He's got different hats, but that is a fairly big one. Not quite the right king, but okay. <laughs> With words by William Shakespeare. He seems like... The old man from scene 24. <laughs> Strobe light? <laughs> He's regenerating. And that's where the budget went. Also, the narrator of this entire first series of Blackadder. <laughs> Excuse me, Mister. <laughs> I've been dreaming the impossible dream. I know how to wait. Where's your toilet?
It's like the bit in Deadpool where he tries to kill the guy with the Zamboni. <laughs> Aw, they're cute. <laughs> Well, you were an archbishop for a while. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Mail. <laughs> Nip, nip, nip. <laughs> oh, God. Interestingly, this was filmed in between the first and second series of The Young Ones. This is the first of two consecutive series where Edmund spends the last episode partially locked up. Mm. <laughs> that was rather courteous. I think he enjoyed that.
It's like a Muppet spitting it out as he eats it. Yikes. I bet he wish he had his codpiece now. <laughs> They make this look really easy. I don't know if it's smart to be able to see partially who he is before. Uh... <laughs> I don't think you're looking necessarily.
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> ah, black comedy. <laughs> Said Mayor Gerald himself. <laughs> Good grief. Percy the Poisoner. a rather nice image at the end. <laughs> Don't oh, well. drink the wine. We was oh, too late. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, well that is it, everyone, for the Black Adder. Uh, so, this podcast is over. Uh, thank you for listening. Shut up. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs>
There's three more seasons. I forgot. Yes. Uh, alrighty then. Uh, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about that episode first. Uh, what did you think of this one? Well, you know what's funny? For some reason, I remembered the ending being that um, that Blackadder, Percy, and Baldrick all drank the wine and, and all died. Um, That's what I remembered too. Oh, good. I'm not crazy. Yeah, I don't know. This must be in the Baron Stain universe or something because I guess so. I um, I. Yeah, for some reason I remember it that they somehow all survived, and then at the end they all just they they pull up the wine and have a drink, and then they're like, "Oh shit!" and then all fall over dead. That is what I remember too. How weird! Alternate ending or 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 the VHS version that we we watched. Um, do you still have your VHS versions? Uh, possibly. I might still have them. I might. Oh, yeah. you know what? I think I know what happened to them. I think I left them at Comedy Sports. <laughs> I bequeathed them it, to comedy sports. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, that, that's hysterical that both of us remember it that way. Hmm. So, and I, I probably haven't watched the first season since that time, or at least certainly not watched the last episode since then. So, huh. I am looking up right now uh, to see if there was an alternate ending that was less... Yeah, I mean, in the uh, meantime, while you're doing that, I will answer your question about what I thought about the last episode. All right, uh, which is, um, it was it was amusing. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, we do see Edmund kind of morphing a little bit into his. I mean, he's still low status, but like he was brought low enough, and and he suffered so many indignities through the course of this first series. You know, I mean. Um, born to be king and the, and in this case too having his lands and titles taken away from him uh ending up with a marriage that he didn't um he didn't want although obviously not the one that that was originally intended for him like i mean you know you you see more and more things put upon him and he hits the point where he breaks um and uh and and raises uh rebellion although obviously in a in a very um stupid in a haphazard way i mean again it's a case where i feel like it could have been funnier than it was but i think the actual setup was uh was brilliant um and it has some of the pacing of some of the other um of some of the later series it's just the the comedy is not quite where it was but i i um this is not my favorite of the season but i did enjoy it and i do love the fact that you know that um pretty much everybody dies at the end at, not just for uh, that feels fitting for this episode as well, because it means then history, the secret history is is gone, essentially, and you can get back on track to what real history is, and this is written out of the record books, uh, but also for what this says about the ending of future Blackadder series, that this sets it all up just as much as, you know, William Hartnell stepping away as the Doctor set up um, everything that was to come later on after that. Hmm. I'm sure most of that was interesting, but I lost your audio partway through. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so now I'll give my my feelings about it and probably repeat some of the things you said. Um, I, I did catch you saying at the end, uh, kind of what I think, which is that uh, I enjoyed this, but I didn't enjoy it quite as much as some of the middle episodes. Um, it, it just it's very plotty, um, which is it's fun in its way, but I, I think does, of course, mean that some of the the jokes get lost in like having things happen. Uh, I don't really know why he fires Baldrick and Percy, except that they're bumbling, and I guess he's going to hire some evil people who are more competent at being evil. Um, uh, 
Well, it's also interesting that, you know, okay, so they went ahead and poisoned the, the wine, but, you know, where did that come from? And, yes. And don't, this, this, and don't forget, this whole thing was 12 months later, right? All of a sudden, uh, he comes out, and so they've been stewing on this for 12 months, and then, like, I mean, it feels like this is the sort of thing that they should have set up ahead of time as something that Edmund and... and and Percy and, and Baldrick, and then they, they poo-pooed it or something like that, or, or, you know, God, don't give this to Percy. Percy will screw it up or something. And uh, Like, I, I feel like there should have been a setup for that. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, it is kind of weird that they suddenly know that there's a coup going on and are prepared to stop it somehow. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it just... It feels like that there's something missing here. And like I said, especially because uh, the difference, how we remember the ending, like it, it feels like that there's, this is like the first draft or multiple drafts of, of something. Um, and, you know, it is amusing putting the band together and, and all of that. Um, I feel like you could cast bits of this over like in, you know, an Ocean's Eleven soundtrack or something mm-hmm. like that. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It is, it is, I mean, like the first episode, again, uh, this series was was high on plot and getting it from one place to another. Um, and uh, and like the first episode, I think this one suffers because of that. And, and also, sadly, for, for poor McRail, uh, uh, Rick Mail. <laughs> McRail. Mc, McRail, yeah. Lead singer um, of Simply Red. Uh-huh. I, I've, been, I've had a little bit of mead. Uh, <laughs> oh, mead. Uh, We've got but, some mead. I completely forgot to yeah. drink it. Uh, so, um, well, it's okay. We've got other Black Eater series come out. But, um, but he's dead. Do. I don't get it. How would there be more? Spoilers. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bastard. Uh, that, you know, Rick Mayall isn't really even that amusing in this one. I mean, no, I'm glad of, you feel that way too. I, I was like, nah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like there should be stuff here. It's one of those cases where it's the, oh, he's there because he's mad or he's weird. And that's always bad for comedy. If it's just something is crazy and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's not a, that's not a, um, that's not a statement. I, I, I feel, I I feel bad about that, but it is sadly true. Um, like I, I feel like this, this is not the worst episode of the season by far, but I feel like it could have used a rewrite. Interesting. Well, that already signals that we're going to have different ratings. Uh, oh wow! Okay, interesting. <laughs> so, uh, shall we shall we jump into that? Yeah. Why don't we? Um, I need to figure out where I'm going to rank this. I think I know. Um, uh, uh, sure. Let's let's go ahead. All right. Well, I'll go first then. While you're uh, fixing that up, I mean, to me, this is the one that ended up at the bottom, and and this is a situation where I enjoyed this whole season. Like, I, I don't know that there's any bad episodes. There was a lot that I enjoyed in this. Um, I do enjoy meeting all the, the evil people in the land and uh, their little fun bits uh, as they're introduced and everything. That's that's kind of fun. Um, the whole reveal of Philip is fun and everything. But I, I just didn't find as much in this to kind of be amused by. And it does sort of sideline the rest of the royal family, which is one of the big reasons actually why I enjoy this season in general. But we'll talk about that after the ranking. Um, but I mean, the thing that sort of clinches it for me is the weird bit with Percy and Baldrick that we were just talking about. That kind of makes me go, yeah, this one just is not as, it just felt a little too kitchen sinky compared to some of the other ones. So this one's actually my number six on the list. Mm. Um, interesting. Yeah. What is your number six? My number six is the second episode born to be king. Ah, Um, Okay. You know, uh, I, I I do like the fact that uh, there's a queen lyric in there somewhere, but um, but 
and and you know the uh, uh, McDougal or or whatever his name was, uh, you know he was he was kind of amusing and, and one note and um, and I feel like as a plot, like I mean actually it it had in in uh, compared to this last episode it had a coherent plot, but um, I it was one case where the plot was was okay, but like I just felt like there was not a laugh in the entire thing. Hmm. Um, okay, uh, from from what I remember. Um, uh, and, and I mean, it is a case where I do feel like that that was it, plot wise, it, it plot wise, it was not number six. It was actually, um, set up, uh, fairly well, but oddly enough, I think this is, that's one that, you know, if I never watched again, if that one suddenly disappeared, you know, missing believed wiped, I'd be okay with it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my number five is, uh, the foretelling, which is the first episode, and it's kind of for the same reason as the sixth one. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's very plotty because it has to set up this whole situation and this whole concept. So, you know, having to do that gets in the way a little bit of the, the kind of jokes and stuff that we enjoy in Black Hat, or at least I do. Um, so, although I don't think it's bad in any respect, I just enjoy it less than some of the ones in the middle where they get to focus on a particular topic and, and riff on it. So, so uh, th- uh, the foretelling is also my number five, um, and, and and I do like, like I said, I do like the the fact um, I, I enjoy the alternate history thing. I think it's utterly brilliant. And as we were we were talking before this podcast that um, uh, today that uh, uh, I'm doing a bit of research and talking about the fact that they, um, you know, that this was as much a parody of BBC period shows, including the fact that they had just done the you know, the three Henry the sixth and, and, um, and Richard the third, that, that war of the roses cycle, uh, Shakespeare cycle in BBC that had aired in January of that year. And in fact, two of the people that were there, uh, the, the guy that played Henry the sixth in the first episode here in the foretelling, or or, sorry, uh, played Henry the seventh, uh, in the foretelling played Henry the sixth in that version. And, uh, and Richard the third, in that Shakespeare version played, uh, played the Irish bastard in this one. So, uh, so they even used some of the same actors. So they were, they were going for a very specific parody of, of the BBC on that case. And, and so that plus the alternate history thing, like I I feel like as a concept, it's brilliant. Unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to watch it anymore, any more than, um, than that uh and that's that's kind of frustrating to me because uh or or sad to comment on that because like as a concept it's brilliant and hats off on this one for for that episode for um for setting it up and i feel like they do a great job of it i mean you know you've got peter cook running around as a as a you know bankoing the hell out of uh out of uh this uh um the the background um Mm -hmm. it's it's um I, i feel like it should be higher um, and, uh, but I think it's also that they were, you know, it's interesting as a pilot or a second pilot of them kind of finding their legs. And so, um, on, on that respect, I want to rate it higher, but as a enjoyment to watch, I put it where it is. Yeah. I concur with that. Uh, so my number four is one that I sort of agonized over the placement of before we recorded this, like, uh, since last week, in fact, mm. Trying to figure it out, but it, uh, I have at number four the witch smeller Persuivant, and 
there's there's things that I love about this episode and things where I'm just like, meh. And then I, I think the things that I think are kind of meh about it is that there's a long stretch in the middle there of zany, uh, you know, witch identifying antics. And it, I think we talked about this when we watched it. It does go on just a little bit too long. Um, and it, it forms, I, I think, way too much of the episode uh, for me to really uh, enjoy it thoroughly. Um, that said, a lot of those jokes are very funny. Uh, I love kind of the insane way that Frank Finley looks in it as the witch smeller. Uh, I, I have no idea where some of those touches came from, but I think they're, you know, crazy. <laughs> I love the, some of the visual effects that they did for it. Like the, you know, mm-hmm. when the witch smeller first appears and you see him in the hood with the red eyes. Um, I like the, uh, uh, the the bonfire, uh, just that they did it uh, and made it look so good. Uh, and I think one of my favorite parts of the episode is the fact that his uh, mother, the queen, is the one who actually saves him with the uh, with the witchcraft of the voodoo doll. Um, so I really like all that stuff. I just don't enjoy watching it as much as I enjoy watching the ones that are above it. So my uh, my number four is the black seal. Um, and okay. I, I think we've, I think we've delineated, I think we've talked about, um, pretty much all the positives and negatives of this, uh, writ large. So there isn't much that I could say on this, just, uh, just that, um, for all its incoherence, I feel like it actually does entertain it at a, at a um, at a better, at a bit of higher level than the first two episodes mm. did, which is why I put them above that. Um, and I actually feel like one, two and six are, are one tier and the other three are another tier in terms of where I would put them or, or, or maybe black seal is, is in its own level in between, I suppose the, the first two, the first two are just meh, the black seal is okay. Kind of. And then the other three are, you know, if I was going to go and pull them out and watch them again, yeah, those I would, uh, those would probably be the ones that I'd watch. Gotcha. I mean, I think that makes sense. Uh, like I said, I agonized over this a bit, um, because my number three is born to be King. um, I do find it pretty entertaining. I actually kind of like uh, McAngus and the way he interacts with Edmund. Uh, it's sort of weird to have this guy, you know, this very man's man's guy talking to our, you know, slimy, wormy Edmund uh, about these uh, fairly serious things because uh, no one really ever talks to him otherwise. Um, and I think I, I do find some of it entertaining and some of it fun. Um, the pageant that they do is fun. And I remember commenting on the, um, the, uh, like descriptions of medieval entertainments, uh, which is something that I enjoy about this particular season. It's Mm. just, you know, their perspective on the, the weird stuff of their times. Um, so I did enjoy it, although I could see swapping it with the witch smeller at some point in the future, um, just because I think witch smeller is probably slightly a better episode, even if I am a little bit more entertained by born to be King. Mm. So what's your number three? My number three is witch smeller persuaded. And I, uh, I went back and forth between two and three. Like I know which one I want is number one, but, but, uh, two and three, I, I went back and forth and, which Smeller, again, I think for a lot of the reasons that you named, um, e- even though it does go on for too long, like, uh, um, you know, uh, Frank Finley doing his best to choose scenery since Brian Blessed is indisposed for much of it. Although, of course, where uh, Blessed does pop up is uh, his little 
cameos are equally freaking hilarious anyways. The fact that, you know, he's out of bed. Um, you know, he's supposed to be sick and, and cursed or whatever, and then you, you have him uh, pop up running around with a sword uh, <laughs> uh, in the few seconds that we see him. Um, and, yeah, I love the ending. Um, I absolutely love the ending. I think uh, even though the, the end of the last episode feels uh, is such a great setup, uh, like I said, for future, I, I love... Um, I, I love that particular ending and, and it reminds me just how much I feel like that the queen gets short shrift throughout the sadly, um, you know, uh, just realizing how little she is, uh, she's in this. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess the, the daft, uh, Rose Nyland type thing would only go so far potentially, but, um, but I, I wonder if this was a longer series, what sort of mileage they could have gotten out of her. Mm -hmm. how, how she might have, uh, she might have uh, um, grown as a character. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, as I as I keep saying, I think the supporting cast is like the secret weapon of this first season. I, I really, really enjoy all of them. Um, yeah, in some ways more than I enjoy the central characters in it. Um, so. Moving on to number two. So number two and number one were the ones that I really, I really feel like they're on par. And if you ask me again tomorrow, I might swap them. Uh, but tonight I'm putting the Archbishop at number two. Um, I really like that a lot better than I thought I would. Um, I think the jokes are fun. I like, um, how can I put this? I, I like the fact that Edmund is sort of forced to play a role in a way that he isn't in some ways in the others. I mean, he does, but in this one, he's up against kind of a fairly large institution. And so he has to like, uh, navigate it, I think in a different way than he does kind of the usual sort of court intrigue. Uh, and that's fun to watch. Um, I like the whole bit when they end up in the, the nunnery and are fighting in there as nuns. I, I think that's very funny. It, this is making me actually want to switch. Cause I'm remembering all the things that I love about archbishop. Um, but uh, I, I think my number one is probably more memorable. And it's obvious now, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Anyway, otherwise, I do really, really like the Archbishop. Well, I, I approve because I have the exact same one or two order <laughs> that you do. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I debated about that too, but I, I think uh, I, I'm okay with that order. I don't think I would switch. But uh, I did enjoy this episode a whole bunch. And this, in a way, reminds me of, you know, in the second series, uh, we kind of have a little bit of a... Of a you know, the second episode is kind of a little bit of a redo of this, if you think about it. Um, again, him getting involved in ecclesiastical matters, um, or or, in, or or not not in, it's not ecclesiastical, more head of state matters, I guess. But, mm. um, but similarly, the idea of of him being put in a position where um, it's supposedly a position of power, but you know, you go against the reigning monarch or do something like that, and you're going to get your head chopped off in in fairly short order, is kind of the setup for that, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, and, but I actually, in some ways, uh, as I feel like that's the low point of episode two, in some ways I like this one better, which was uh, shocking. Um, uh, you know, this this is the first, I mean, that's episode three, and it's the first time that the show really finds its footing, in my opinion. I'd agree. Um, and so it's it's also, you know, judging it compared to the two that came before it, like, I, I think they, they, you know, Ed finds a bit of his snarkiness. The, the rhythm is 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 right um it, it it's perfect uh perfect setup um and as much plot and rhythm i i, I feel like um 
this is a this is an obvious step up and uh, and deserves to. Like I said, I, I debated really between one, two, and three on this one mm-hmm. as as well. Like I, I but uh, I I, th- I think I'm happy with where this one lands. Fair enough. Uh, that means our number one must uh, be the Queen of Spain's beard. Queen of Spain's beard. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, there's things about this that I discussed when we were watching it that that kind of. Uh, squick me a little bit about it now um but it's i i can't deny it's very very fun very entertaining um i love the whole running gag about the earl of doncaster um the offhand way the king treats him uh it's uh it's just very funny there's a lot going on jim broadbent is hilarious uh as the translator um uh, just some very good jokes. It, it's definitely a high point. And it's probably the episode that I remembered the best from this season. Like when I think about season one, that's the one that mm-hmm. instantly comes to mind because it is very indelible. Uh, what's agreed. your What's your thought? Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, that's the f- episode that I think of. And I think in terms of the main cast even, it's probably the most balanced. I mean, I think we see more in terms of even Richard and the, and the Queen or whatever. I think we have a fairly good... Uh, balance on that one, although we'll see them more in some of the other ones. But uh, you know, um, Jim Jim Broadbent and, and Mary Margulies, uh, I mean, you know, knocks it out of the park uh, on on this. Um, and it's interesting again that the show is very much intent on um, if something happens to Edmund, it carries through to the rest of the series uh, to wit mm. his actual marriage. Which I suppose would be more welcoming to uh, maybe we should mention with uh, Witch Smeller. Uh, because you know we we actually get to see the two of them spending some time together, but but the fact that that the end of this episode is not just glossed over. Yep. Um, I I, uh, I find that interesting in its own regard. Uh, but yeah, I mean I yeah again like you said the 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 squickness and um, and you know making fun of oh this is this is an ugly person and what have you. Uh, yeah, there's there's bits of it I think that don't necessarily play as well as it would have back then. But, um, you know, my God, the, the performances on this is what sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every... every um, uh, oh, God, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's more that I can say to that. Uh, I, I think that's, that's just the way it is. Um, yep. I have, noth- I have nothing more to add. Very well. So that's our ranking. Uh, I bet your ranking is different, dear listener. Uh, we would love to hear what it is. Um, tweet us at Starship Warlock, no podcast in the middle, on Twitter. Um, you can also email us, inbox at starshippodcastwarlock.com, though why you would do that instead of tweeting us, I don't know. Maybe you don't have a Twitter account, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I noticed you said dear listener. Uh, I think that's very <laughs> telling. I, I, I think... Uh, I mean, I guess people listen to it alone. I, that's probably why. But I mean, I think it's also a pretty fair assumption. So, you know, I, I don't want to get uh, carried away. So let's talk about the season as a whole. Um, I know that, uh, well, let me sort of predict what what I think your high point of it is, which is probably the alternate history bit. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I think well, not not the only high point because mm-hmm. I mean, again, Brian Blessed, I could I could listen to him scream incoherently, uh, <laughs> uh, and and he's not screaming incoherently. He's he's amusing on, on here, but I mean that he elevates the series immediately. I think uh, just by his presence warping everything else around it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, for me, uh, I I do find, and we've mentioned this before, I do find Edmund's character less appealing than I I do his season two, his series two character for sure. Um, and, uh, And that does drag it down just slightly, but it is also very appropriate. I mean, the character he's playing just fits really well. Um, well, and- it, you know, it's it's funny, though, that I, I was reading that um, they realized that they were just about to start filming and they hadn't figured out how they were going to play him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that they, they filmed the first pilot and it's more like the current Blackadder we're used to, but then they kind of uh, rewrote it. But uh, he was even quoted that they were going before the film, uh, they were about to start filming, and he hadn't decided what kind of voice he was going to use. Oh, interesting. So and and it's it's fascinating to me if you look at the bits where you know the way how he holds himself uh, and you know that that he's uh, that he's a very gifted you know um, physical actor and uh, and um, I feel like in some cases when he wasn't sure what he was going to do or what have you with the voice or whatever you know just watching what sort of poses and things that he he does even if it's the um, even if it's the stuff that I don't enjoy, the, the only way I could I could explain this is the Johnny Depp Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> or, or Charlie uh, Willy Wonka. Like um, it was wrong on so many levels. He was doing the Michael Jackson thing. He was doing whatever, but he committed to it a hundred percent, and 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 he made a strong choice. He made a choice that I think didn't necessarily work for me but he committed to it and i will give him credit for that and that's <laughs> that's kind of how i feel about edmund in in this i can um, see that so yeah yeah that makes sense uh i think uh what i was going to say too is I, I enjoy the time period in a way mm-hmm. that uh i am steadily less enamored of it as as the series goes on i'm not as interested in the time period of series three or four um but I do enjoy all the stuff that happens in this one and, and series two in terms of uh, the part of history that they're exploring. Yeah. And as I said several times so far, I, I love, love, love the supporting cast and this Brian Blessed, but everybody else really uh, is so great. Um, I love uh, the actor who plays Harry. Uh, not enough to learn his name, but there you have it. Robert East. <laughs> and uh, uh, You're great, dude. Uh, Brian Blessed, I obviously, looked, of course. Uh, I'm not saying, I, I'm saying to Harry that you were great. Not, oh, not, not to you. me. Okay, yeah, fine. I mean, you were okay, though. All right. Well, um, that's fair. I, I love, Percy and Baldrick, I think, are perfect in this. Uh, they're probably perfect in the other ones, but they're, they're still perfect in this. Um, and it's interesting because they're both, I mean, Baldrick, as we've noted, is, is smart, but sort of low status. Uh, and then Percy is dumb and, and sort of low status. Uh, their social ranks are different, but yeah, I mean, they could have been too similar to work and they're so distinct in their personalities, uh, that it works really well. And yet you don't have like Baldrick going Percy or an idiot the whole time either. Like it's something about the way that works could have been tedious and wasn't, uh, which I think is is true. I mean, that's one thing you lose in the later series by, by Blackadder being, uh, being smart is the fact that both Percy and Baldrick are dumb. And again, one of them is, one of them is nobility and the other one is, is not, but it's true. We lose that delineation a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch that as time goes on. So yeah, I, I really enjoy this series. Um, it remains to be seen whether I am more charmed by the later ones uh, than I thought, but I think we're both looking forward to Blackadder 2. 
Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I, I, I had occasion to show it to uh, to a friend. Hi, Heather. Um, to show bits of uh, Blackadder 2. Um, and, uh, and I will say that, to me, that still holds up. Um, for 3, I am... I, I'm curious to see how you feel on the on the rewatch because I actually still do like do like that history. Uh, it's only in in goes forth that the history part is less is less interesting to me. Although although I do enjoy that series a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see how that um, how that plays on a, on a rewatch for both of us. Yeah, I'm gonna keep an open mind because that's what uh, that's what we're doing here. Was there anything mm-hmm. else you wanted to say about series one uh, in summing up? I think I just went on and on. No, I mean, because I, I interjected a couple times. Uh, I, I don't think there's there's much more. Um, I, I think I feel good about it. <laughs> good. Uh, and and, if, made a good and show. if I forget it, if I forget anything, we will cram it into the beginning of the next episode. Perfect. Uh, that sounds great. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and for following along with Black, The Black Adder or Series 1 of Black Adder. Uh, as I've said several times, we're going to start Series 2 next time around. Um, so get that ready, and uh, we will be exploring Black Adder in the Elizabethan era in the next episode of Starship Podcast Warlock. So, for now, this has been Drew. For now, this has been Jeff. And this has been... All right, hold on. We're going to get this this time. Here we go. Okay. One, two, three. Starship, Starship Podcast, Podcast Warlock. Warlock. <laughs> Not bad. Not I, bad. I, I think there's a delay. I think uh, this may be impossible. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, for me, it sounded like it was dead on. So, you know, uh, you could fix that in editing. Oh, time. I suppose that's a good idea. Maybe I'll just start yeah. doing that. All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye.